Hi, everybody. David Noir. I want to welcome you back to another episode of Curve Vendors. In this session, I want to talk to you about uh, the correlation between the Super Bowl ads many of us just saw here in the U.S. or around the world this last weekend, and specifically your personal growth strategy. I've been thinking a lot about the marketing, the strategy, the budgets, the efforts that go into making such a huge splash in one of the biggest sporting events in the world, and how can we learn from some of those lessons, from some of the things that went really well, and other things that didn't go as well uh, or wasn't as well thought out uh, in terms of how we learn, how we grow personally and professionally. So I've captured a whole bunch of notes. I'm going to share 14 points with you in this episode. I hope uh, they're useful, they're practical, they're pragmatic. More importantly, I already know these ideas. So I'm hoping you'll take notes and really think about how you show up and how you consistently focus on, again, your personal and professional growth. So here we go. Um, number one, personal brand. So if you watched uh, the Super Bowl ads, I'm baffled how we think of them in terms of their entertainment value uh, versus how intelligent the strategy was, how thoughtful the approach was, how uh, long-term view uh, they had in mind as they created these short spurts. So what if we measured uh, your brand, your personal brand, your professional brand, your leadership brand based on the quality of your work? based on the strength, the quality, the diversity, the strength of your relationships, based on the value that you create versus other kind of superficial ideas or perspectives. So the whole idea of personal professional growth, and we're going to talk more about this in a second, has to be very intentional. You're going to have to take more of the reins in terms of your knowledge, your experience, your business acumen, how you show up and much more importantly, on a consistent basis. So really focus on the impact and the strategy of this growth versus, again, any superficial measures, if you will. Um, number two, I don't know if you saw the numbers, roughly six and a half to $7 million for a 30-second spot. And that's just buying the ad. Imagine the celebrity uh, endorsement costs or the production cost or the staff and the team and the agencies and all that goes into it. Uh, my wife several years ago worked for, uh, this is going back several years ago, worked for a, a technology startup and they spend, they, they actually budget and spend $30 million for a Super Bowl ad, end to end, kind of creation of it and buying the spot. And that's a huge commitment. So are you intentional? about your personal professional growth? Are you uh, intentional about where you are today? I call this your journey from now to next. I wrote about it extensively in the Curve Bender's book. Are you candid about where you are today and what it's gonna take to become the best version of you? So I always think about if I'm gonna spend that money, am I being intentional about it? And really important to have reasons for where you're going, what you're trying to do, why that next step, that next phase is important to you. Stop comparing yourself to others. Really start building your own set of milestones, your own set of metrics for your personal and professional growth. Um, we also, I was fascinated that a lot of these ads I was doing my research are measured by 
you know, ad meter rankings of, you know, celebrity cameo commercials, you know, the country enjoyed, which makes me chuckle at makeup made up lists and awards. And listen, I've been guilty as well. Whenever your name or your book or any of this stuff is mentioned, you feel grateful. And I'm always grateful for people thinking of me and my work. But don't put all your self-esteem in uh, those recognitions. I've seen way too many of them literally made up. We're, we're going to come up with a list. We're going to come up with an award series. And people just fall over themselves about these things. And it doesn't matter. What matters, are you creating value in the market? Are you creating value for your colleagues? Are you creating value for your customers and partners? And do people care about your ideas and your impact and how you get things done and how you make other people feel? Those are the things that really matter. So focus on what matters and prioritize what matters. I often am reminded of, I think my son was, you know, really young and uh, neon, bright neon athletic shoes were just coming into the mix. And he was really excited about a pair. And I said, son, let your playing on that field do the talking for you. When you wear loud shoes, you stand out and you kind of scream, hey, look at me versus let your playing, let your hard work, let your work ethic, let the results you create, um, you know, kind of speak for you. And it took a while, but last year, offensive MVP and captain of his team and, you know, scores a lot of goals. And and again, he's kind of taken that that advice to heart. So the same thing for you. Is it a whole lot of sizzle? Which is, again, don't take me wrong, that, that that's important to create that awareness. But is there also stake? Is there some real meat and real impact and results behind it? So... Uh, number one, we talked about personal brand. Really build intentionally your personal brand, quality of your work, breadth and depth of your relationships, uh, your leadership brand. Two, be intentional in that personal and professional growth. Uh, three, if you think about one of the worst overall marketing strategies was the Amazon Alexa ad on, uh, and I'll put links to all of these in the show notes in our forum, by the way, norgroup.com slash forum. Uh, but the, the Amazon Alexa, which was borderline creepy of, you know, a couple of celebrities came on, Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live and Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow, come on. And they, they play out this idea of what if Amazon could actually read your mind. In a time where we think uh, that data and that privacy matters more than ever, a creepy commercial about what Alexa knows makes me want to unplug mine not add more to it. So what I want you to think about is your data, your security is going to become even more important. So make sure you protect those. And in terms of privacy, respect for others, respect for their time. Uh, one of my executives that I that I admire greatly, I'm paraphrasing, but his, in his email signature says, just because you receive a, an email from me after hours, don't feel compelled that you have to apply. And it's just respect for people's boundaries and times. And he works on weekends and you'll get emails from him after hours. But that's just a reminder in his email signature that just because I'm sending you something doesn't mean you have to drop you know, everything else you're doing uh, and reply. So having respect for people's privacy and for their you know, boundaries and their time uh, away from work goes a long way in elevating their appreciation of you. Um, but again, number three is become much more intentional, become much more 
uh, serious about your own data and your own your own security, as I think cyber and cybersecurity on a personal level is going to continue to become critical. But the Alexa one was borderline creepy. Uh, number four, the best overall marketing strategy was I thought Vroom, uh, and it reminds me. And there was a um, you know they really focused on something most of us hate, which is the idea of uh, you know selling buying and selling cars everything from i wrote down uh uh misogynistic salesmen to flaky car buyers right so in terms of your personal growth ideal if you become and a mentor drove this into me a deep generalist what you have to do is start with a point of view start with solving a problem start with addressing a pain for others inside your organization or outside of it what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to fill, hopefully in a positive way, fill in the blank? Now, for years, I've been a student of business relationships. In client engagements, I've been introduced as the relationship expert. Uh, more recently, we've done a lot of work around visualization, and around strategy, growth strategies. Uh, we're really getting into this idea of revenue operations, RevOps, and product marketing to really fuel profitable growth. This all of this makes me a deep generalist. So there's a lot of things that I can help clients, you know, around growing personally, professionally, the organization. But you have to start with a lens and a perspective. And what I really liked was about the Vroom commercial was they focused on that singular pain, buying and selling cars. And I thought it was really, really effective. So number four is start with a point of view, really aim to become a deep generalist. Number five, one of the worst creative ideas was actually T-Mobile for their phones. Um, ironically, I've got several friends who like T-Mobile as a service, but for some reason, these guys decided to do 5G as a charitable cause that needed saving from Verizon and AT&T. And if you remember the ad, not only they flash the competitors' logos a couple of times, but it, it was distracting which remind me of your personal and professional growth, don't get distracted from value creation. I often coach people, don't confuse output, what you do and how you do it with outcomes, the end result, the business outcome. So your project, your initiative, your checklist, your pipeline, your to-do list, all that stuff is output. I don't want to take anything away from that. What I really want you to focus on is to what end, what outcome are you creating that actually creates value for yourself, for the team, for the organization, and they feel like they're better off because of you. So don't get distracted. And I thought the T-Mobile ad was distracting from the actual experience, which again, a lot of people say is very positive that they create for their customers. And the experience you create for your relationships and how they work with you, how they interact with you is critical. And if you miss that, the rest of it becomes noise. The rest of it becomes very easy to ignore. So that's number five. And, and number six, the best creative idea in execution. I really like Coinbase and FTX Global. So crypto and online gambling were big in this year's Super Bowl ads. And what I really liked was uh, Coinbase uh, used a floating, I don't know if you saw, but a QR code that looked like a screensaver floating across the screen. And it reminded me of number six, which is leave others wanting more. Most people you interact with don't want to know, don't need to know everything you know. 
What they want to know is, you know, I want to believe you early on. I want to believe in you as you execute. So I actually use QR codes at the end of one of the chapters of one of my previous books. Hey, if you want to know more or if you want to apply this idea, you know, and back then QR codes weren't nearly as prevalent as they are now. But most of us who see a QR code want to get our phones and cameras and kind of point to it and kind of go learn more, particularly if the initial uh, teaser is exciting, interesting, and we're intrigued by it. So on your personal and professional growth, if you leave people wanting more, they're going to act on it. One of the things that I'm working on a template, I wrote about this in Curve Benders. Um, I see way too many people go about their job search or that next chapter executives to frontline folks, I believe entirely wrongly. So they put out a multi-page resume and it's what we were doing 20 years ago, 30 years ago versus what if there was a, a one pager? Uh, and again, I'm working on a template on this and it's, I, I referenced it in the Curve Benders book, but I'm developing it further that you can download again from our community. But if there was a headshot or visual, a, a brief bio, uh, some value you've created elsewhere. And then maybe a, a third, bottom third, there's a list of targeted companies and roles you're after. And that became something you armed other people with the ammunition at the PDF, or maybe you handed to them on, over a cup of coffee. And for each of those companies, then you had a drill down page. And what if there was a QR code at the bottom where they went to your personal website and there was a video? Because I think most of us are much more engaging in video than we are text. Well, I'm uncomfortable doing videos. Guess what? Welcome to 2022, where this speaks much louder than a whole bunch of text. So I think the QR code was really smart. And it's an example of really creative ideas and execution of it. Number seven, I thought the worst integration of a celebrity talent was the Michelob Ultra ad. And... Um, uh, the spot randomly set Steve Buscemi, Peyton Manning, Serena Williams, several others in this bowling alley that did nothing. It was just so uh, unmemorable, and it was just an incredibly missed opportunity. And, and what I captured both here, and I've got another example as well, is your story. Your story matters. I, I learned this. Some of you may know I'm originally from Iran. I came to this country with a hundred bucks, a suitcase. Didn't know anybody. Didn't speak a word of English. Lived with some family that I hadn't seen since birth. Um, and and I often skip over that story. And a lot of people want to come back to it. Wait, what? What? You you came here with a suitcase and a hundred. Tell us more about that. And how did you adapt? And how did you learn the language? And and aunt and uncle that adopted you for you to stay here and. Most people may not remember your points. What I've learned over the years, they'll always remember your stories. But as a uh, Jeff Justice is a comedy coach, and I took a six-week comedy class here. Don't worry, not leaving my full-time job to be a stand-up comedian. But I love his line. And he said, the punchline better be worth the setup. And I think that absolutely applies to stories. So if you're going to tell me a story, there better be a point. And there better be a memorable point. One of my favorite books uh, is by a guy named Paul Smith. It's a really simple book. It's called The Ten Stories uh, Great Leaders Tell. And in here, uh, Paul, which I've, I'm just getting to know, talks a lot about um, tell where we came, founding stories. Tell why we can't stay here, a case for change stories. Tell where we're going, a vision story, uh, how we're going to get there, a strategy story. 
what we believe, a corporate value story, who we serve, a customer story. This is just some of the examples he talks about. And I believe the same stories would be really relevant to your personal professional growth. Tell me how you paid for undergrad and you worked two jobs to get through grad school. Tell me how you've traveled and you've lived in a lot of different places to take on those early jobs to learn the skills in your 20s and 30s. Tell me how you tighten the aperture to really find your focus and passion in your 30s. So those are all examples of great stories that I think are going to remember. People are going to remember in your personal and professional growth. Another really bad one I thought was the worst force story idea, which the reminder is don't force it, right? It was General Motors and Dr. Evil. And, you know, in something that should be so powerful in terms of electric vehicles and electrification of the transportation industry, the whole thing, the ad was weird and it was confusing and did little to really advance the conversation. And it was really, again, a missed opportunity by GM, I think, to build uh, or refresh the, br the brand and our perception of them. So number seven, again, stories matter. Uh, become much more intentional uh, and, and tell great stories about your personal and professional growth journey to date. Uh, number eight is focused on the best integration of celebrity talent. Um, I believe he pronounced it Idris, Idris uh, Elba, the actor, and it was for Booking.com. And and I, I love him and his movies, and I've seen several of his movies. And it was just a, a, a really brilliant self-deprecating um, kind of humor. And, and that's my point. Self-deprecating humor, number one, is always safe. Number two, makes you real. So I, again, uh, based on a recommendation of a coach, I started doing this years ago where my keynote speeches, you know, when a keynote speaker first gets on stage, you're like, who the heck is this person? And why should I listen? Or why should I care? And I started telling stories or I started making fun of being from Iran and how, you know, when I came, 1981 was the hostage crisis. And, you know, U.S. had a presence in Iraq and Afghanistan and we were right in the middle. And. And a lot of people confuse Iran and Iraq. And a lot of people mispronounce, particularly in the South. It's not Iran, it's Iran. So I made a lot of fun of, of being from Iran and being from that part of the world and living in the South. And it you, you know, when when your audience when the audience laughs, it it's there's there's an endearing kind of thing to it. And and they connect with you and you're real. You become much more real to them. And by the way, when they laugh, you put them at ease to then soak in your ideas and your perspectives. And I'm, I'm not paid to get on that stage and juggle. I'm paid to help my audiences think. And, but I, but I need to kind of help them feel comfortable. And again, self-deprecating humor in your conversations, in your growth, learning what that looks like. I've never been a woman. I've never been black. I, I cannot use humor in those categories. It's not appropriate. And you have to have the judgment and discernment to really figure out what's safe and what's not, what works and what doesn't. So it needs to be appropriate humor. Self-deprecating humor, again, is safe. Uh, and, and again, through some practice, through some coaching, I think it can help you create levity uh, in a lot of scenarios. Um, number nine, uh, it's focused on the worst product launch. Gillette uh, came up with an exfoliating shaver. Uh, what was I was really excited about Gillette several years ago is that they took a stand against toxic masculinity 
and 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 they stood for something. And back then, the brand had a, a point of view. They believed in something. This time, they launched. A, honestly, I, I think it's a unnecessary product, and it was a really boring pitch, and and it was irrelevant execution. So the point I captured is, you are the product. You're the brand. You're the product. You're the intangible. There's no button on you that I can push, and a green light comes on. You're selling intangibles. You're selling trust. You're selling work ethic. You're selling intellectual horsepower. You're selling business presence or business acumen and executive presence. So in essence, you are the product. And you need to understand product marketing. We're launching a product marketing practice. And Michelle Konetsky, my partner, has got an incredible background. And we've had multiple conversations around brand and messaging and the role of the buyer and the role and things that the seller can do. And is there a product market fit? How many companies have you seen who build a solution for a problem that doesn't exist? And I think that's exactly what Gillette did. Exfoliating shaver? I'm not sure it's it's necessary. And yeah, sure, I use soap and a lot of other things, but I don't want necessarily that in my shaver. And they lost the opportunity. Again, we're talking six, seven million dollar ads. And the whole world watching, certainly a lot of U.S. customers watching, and this is what you come up with. So really focus on you as the product. In that personal and professional growth, you are the product. So the sooner you learn about product marketing best practices, I think the better you're going to be able to position yourself in the market. Number 10, uh, I thought one of the best product launches, Polster. Polster 2. I don't know if you know this, but they're a car brand. And what better way to launch a car brand you've never heard of? A Super Bowl ad. So I thought that was really clever. More importantly, the ad I wrote in my notes was simple. It was powerful. It was great copywriting. Um, the car itself looks great. Plenty of appealing kind of product features. Um, they also timed it in the first quarter before kind of people start checking out, right? So I wrote down your bio. Your bio matters, your LinkedIn profile matters, your headshot matters, your appealing content matters. All of that sets you apart from everybody else. So are you intentional about that copywriting? A lot of times we're all way too close to ourselves as the product. So I work with a copywriter on, hey, here's my background. What do you believe would be best to highlight? An independent entity. I get new headshots almost every year, if not every 18 months. Why? Our features change. And that picture of you from 1972, right, with the big hairdo and the big collars isn't doing you any good. Or the picture of you on some beach somewhere is not really that professional brand and image you want to convey. So be intentional about that professional headshot, about that bio, about people's perception of you before they ever meet you. Because the first place most of us go is we Google the person's name. Or we look them up on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. Are you sharing ideas and perspectives that are representative of you and the brand that you're after? So be really smart about that. Number 11, worst timing strategy, Salesforce. So they had a clever ad. Matthew McConaughey gets there and talks about making Earth better. It was a slight dig at other billionaires who are investing in space, but neither here nor there. It was a great, great concept and really smart casting. The problem is they ran it for several weeks 
during the Olympics, leading up to the Super Bowl. And as a Super Bowl ad, when everybody's looking for fresh and new, it felt it felt stale. It felt like, oh, I've already seen that, and I don't need to see it again. And right, so you'd lost that attention. So what I captured was fresh ideas, fresh content, fresh perspective. If you're talking about the same stuff you did three, six, nine months ago, a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic versus what we've all gone through in the last two years, you're just not going to be as relevant. So you got to make sure your content, your perspective, your lens is fresh. Our team, one of the things I've coached our own team is make the time to read every day, make the time to write every day. I work with a couple of editors to make sure my ideas are well-crafted. And I put that out on you know, Inc. and Forbes. And I recently published a Harvard Business Review article. And you know, I'm putting more on LinkedIn and certainly in our own forum. So you need fresh ideas, fresh perspective, regardless of what role you're in. A, a unique lens will help really elevate that personal and professional growth. So timing is really important. You got to keep it fresh. Number 12, best timing strategy I thought was the Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Uh, number one, Hollywood is obviously trying to get all of us back in the theater. And Jurassic World series have been fun. Chris Pratt, great actor, right? Really kind of adventure. And, and the placement of the spot as the first one after the kickoff was really smart. So what I wrote down was video, obviously very powerful, uh, timing. Uh, there's also a, a technique called newsjacking. So you may want to look into it. Basically, when, when a topic is hot, when it's topical, when it's in the news, that's the best time for you to comment on it. So if you talk about something, Super Bowl ads in June, it's just not going to be as relevant. You talk about it the week right after everybody watched it, much more likely to... Uh, hopefully get the attention, get the traction. So timing is really important. Um, also, I don't know if you've seen, but in our YouTube channel, I went and worked with a video editor and we created, I said, I wanted it like a movie trailer. So for the Curvebenders book launch, we're going to do it again for Relationship Economics book later this year. Create these trailers that are is good copy and it's good music and nice visuals from the book. And it gives people a glimpse of what they're going to read, what they're going to look into. So video is really powerful. And I think more video done well could be really helpful in your growth, in your opportunity to share uh, new, exciting, interesting perspectives about where you're coming from. Number 13, best use of marketing budget, Netflix. I don't know if you saw their ad, but delivered a really simple message. We basically launch a new movie every week. And in one spot... Um, not only they showed clips of different movies, but they really promoted the big one, uh, the Adam Project. And what I liked about that one and what I captured was budgets are seldom, in my experience, a financial issue. They're always a priority issue. And you need to think about your own budget in your investment in your personal professional growth as a fluid resource. So I'm teaching a class at the Emory Gozuera Business School on strategy visualization. It's all about visual storytelling. It's two days. It's one of the least expensive things we do. And it's a great opportunity for you to come and learn whatever the initiative you're working on, whatever strategy you're working on. What if it's important enough, how to get much better at telling visual stories. Lynn Wilson's our creative director, incredibly talented. We've done a whole bunch of projects for global brands and helping them do that. Why not come for two days and learn how to do that for yourself, how to do that for your team and your organization. 
That's just one example of investing in yourself to learn something new that no one can ever take away from you. And that's an example of using budgets, using resources. By the way, resources are also time and effort, uh, capability, competency, human, your team, other people that you work with, as well as capital. So be intentional about those investments in your personal professional growth. That's number 13. Number 14, worst missed opportunity for social good, Barbie and Rocket Mortgage. So when you see Anna Kendrick and Barbie starting off an ad, I don't know about you. I was excited because I thought it was going to be something really meaningful. And it just went into sideways, right? I thought it was going to be empowering about girls and, and women and it was Barbie looking for a dream house and ended up with an image of a strong Ken helping her move in. And I'm like, I, I was confused. So what I captured was, and it was a huge missed opportunity. So what I captured was go after a social cause that you believe in. Go Whether it's children or pets or elderly or the environment, go after a social cause you believe in. One of my partners, Jen Cords, uh, is really active in fly fishing. And she belongs to several, she's on a couple of boards. She belongs to several organizations and she's deeply passionate about the environment and saving, you know, these public lands. And, and no, she's not a tree hugger, but she's really passionate about it. And it comes through and it's authentic. It's real. That's who she is. So go after a cause you believe in. And by the way, make a difference. I've never liked the idea of joining a board as a badge of honor, when there's 75 people on the board and 10 people do the actual work, I call them the show horses versus the workhorses. Go make a difference. Go, and I wrote in the book, go become curve benders in the lives of others. And the social cause, the philanthropic cause is a huge opportunity for you to further build, nurture your professional brand. A, a really good example on that note of integrating social good was Google Pixel. Um, for anybody who's got a darker skin, you know that that you know you're under often underexposed and you know by most cameras and the pictures never look good. And so Google has been promoting this idea of a camera that promises to correct this problem. And in their ad, if you saw it, they used a lot of dark-skinned uh, images and individuals to really show what the camera was capable of. And it was a great social cause for for the camera. So that was, again, a good cause that I thought people could believe in. So uh, let me recap very quickly 14 points that are correlated with Super Bowl ads in your personal professional growth. Number one, uh, you need to build a personal brand. You need to be intentional about your personal professional leadership brand, quality of your work, strength of your relationships, their diversity, their depth, their breadth. Uh, don't worry about made up awards and you know recognition focus on really creating value number two is just that be intentional have a roadmap kind of where i wrote about this in curve benders uh, you're now to next becoming the best version of yourself so be very intentional about that personal professional growth three was uh, really focus on your own data uh capturing the data the security cybersecurity of your own information and where and how you capture that data, make sure it's readily accessible to you, particularly about your relationships, but also the respect and privacy of others and their comfort zone, their space, their uh, kind of family time. Uh, number four, uh, you want to become a deep generalist in your efforts. Start by having a point of view. 
solve a pain, solve a problem. Number five, uh, don't get distracted from value creation. Uh, the T-Mobile example is what I gave you. Uh, really focus on the experience you create for others. How are they better off because of you? Number six, the QR code from Coinbase, leave others wanting more. Uh, is there a QR code for you to use on your business card or resume or some other way to drive people to a video interaction, to somewhere where you create value? Maybe your project team has a internal website or landing page, but leave people wanting more. Number seven, Stories matter. Your stories should be memorable. Uh, go tell great stories. Go tell stories that resonate. Don't do not do the, uh, the, the Michelob Ultra or GM and Dr. Evil ads. Those just don't resonate. Eight, um, self-deprecating humor is not only safe, but it also makes you real, makes you human. If you give people that mental release, they can absorb more. Just make sure you learn uh, the flow of humor and what's safe and what's appropriate. And remember that Jeff Justice, the humor coach that I used, that said the punchline better be worth the setup. Same thing with your stories. Number nine, you are the product. So you remember the Gillette exfoliating shaver? Don't create unnecessary products. So you become, you are the product. So become a product marketing expert around brand and messaging and buyers and sellers and product market fit. Really invest the time and effort to learn about product marketing. Michelle Konetsky on our team leads the product marketing practice. Start looking for articles and examples from her in the Nor Group Forum. Number 10, uh, best product launch was Poster 2. Your bio matters. Your headshot matters. Great copy matters. Appealing content matters. Be consistent about what you post, what you create. Make sure it's congruent with the brand you want to build. So, uh, worst timing strategy, Salesforce, uh, fresh ideas. Number 11 is fresh ideas, fresh concepts, fresh perspectives. So make sure that you're seen as a fresh lens on what's happening. And I brought up uh, number 12, the video, the Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Videos are powerful. Trailers are powerful for, think of a, a, a movie trailer for your next launch or initiative inside the company. They're not that expensive, and there's a lot of resource that can help you do that. Timing, and I brought up newsjacking, so be relevant, be in the moment, help others gain insights from something just happened. Number 13 was best use of marketing budget by Netflix. I wrote down fluid resources. Budgets are seldom a financial issue. They're always a priority issue. Don't forget resources are also time, effort, capability, competency, human, as well as capital invest in that long-term growth for yourself, your personal professional growth trajectory. Think of the long-term, invest in the long-term. Number 14 was the worst missed opportunities for social good, Barbie. And the best one was Google Pixel. And what I captured was find a social cause you believe in. Find something that makes, and make a difference in these organizations. Don't just join and maybe show up or don't just write a check. Believe in them enough to put your brand, your relationships, your reputation on the line for them. Become, in essence, curve benders in the lives of others. So I hope this has been interesting to you. I hope it's been useful to you. Again, I'll, I'll capture all 14 in the Nord Group Forum. Uh, I try to go live every Tuesday at noon Eastern. Uh, when I'm traveling or can't, you can watch these. And I would encourage you to come to norgroup.com forum. 
where I post articles and perspectives on this. And it'd be a great chance for you to uh, discuss the topic with others. We're up to about 2,500 folks in our community. It's free. You do have to answer a couple of questions, but I encourage you to come join us. So my name is David Nord. The book is called Curvebenders. This has been Curvebenders Live, uh, I think episode 71 on Super Bowl marketing and your personal growth strategy. Thanks very much. Look forward to seeing you next time. Take care, everybody.